Welcome to the Echo Podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Prepare your heart for a word that will impact your mind and spirit. We've been in the current series, and uh, Pastor, uh, Pastor Scobie spoke about uh, two different situations that can direct the current in our lives. And if you aren't here, I just want to recap those real quickly for you. I can't speak tonight. What's going on? Uh, Recap those real quickly. Uh, Hey man, I just came off nights. I'm a shift worker. So I worked nights other night. I'm still not really there. I'm trying to wake up. Um, Recap those for you. And uh, (laughs) we were in the current series and he talked about the undercurrent of your spiritual life will always direct what happens in the overcurrent of your life. Your spiritual influences will direct the overcurrent of your life. And sometimes those things can be not even bad things. They can just be anything that really takes you away from God, takes you away from church, takes you away from here. Um, Sometimes those things can take precedent in our lives. And he talked about how God and church has to direct our life. That has to be the undercurrent. And then the next week he spoke about fear and faith and how fear says you can't do this. Or the enemy would say, you know, you're not capable or you're not good enough or you're not this, but God says you can and through me you will. And so tonight what I want to speak to you about in our current series is your relationships. And I've spoken about this topic before, but I'm going to go a little bit different direction this time. Um, I want to speak to you about all kinds of facets of relationships, not just your friendships. Uh, Last time, that's kind of what I spoke about. And I want to speak about that, but I also want to speak about your dating relationships. And I also want to speak about your relationship with God. I see some of you guys got your journals out. Put your journal up in there if you got one. If if it's yours or if it's Echo Journal. Who does not have an Echo Journal? If you've never received an Echo Journal, can you raise your hand? My wife is going to come around and she's going to get, keep your hand raised. I want you guys to have one of those. If you have received one, man, make sure you bring it. Take notes. Uh, They say about 30 minutes after you have heard something spoken, you forget about 95% of that. So it makes it really difficult for what I do and what Pastor Scobie does and Pastor Keating does. It makes it really difficult. So take notes. I'm going to give you some key points tonight. And if I say that, I really want you to jot that down. Did everybody get a journal that has one? All right, good. So I want to go to the Word. We're just going to dive right in. And I want to go to Matthew 26, verse 36. And I hope they have that. If they don't, I'll just read it to you from my notes here. There we go. All right. And this is in the message version. If you want to go to your Bible app, you can use that. Please don't go to Facebook or Twitter or something else or Instagram. Go to your Bible app. God knows you. God sees what you do. <laughs> Matthew 26 and 36, it says, These, Then Jesus went to them to a garden called Gethsemane and told his disciples, Stay here while I go over there and pray. Taking along Peter and two sons of Zebedee, he plunged into an agonizing sorrow Then he said, this sorrow is crushing my life out. Stay here and keep vigil with me. Stay here and keep vigil with me. What I want to ask you tonight is, who is in your circle? Because I want to give you some context to what's going on here. 
Jesus was in the garden with 11 disciples. Judas had left. You know, at one time there was 12. Judas had left and he had sold Jesus basically away to be crucified. He sold him for 30 coins of, uh, in, that, in that time, in that currency, um, to just hand Jesus over to the Roman soldiers that were always at him and just trying to get him for anything. And they just wanted to set him up to trap him and do something. And, and finally, they did it through Judas. So Judas is gone, and he's in the garden with 11 disciples. But I want you to catch something here. The scripture says that he took three. He took Peter and two sons of Zebedee, which would be James and John. So I want to ask you, who's in your circle? And if you're taking notes, write that down. Who is in your circle? Because even Jesus Christ was specific on who he let into his life who he surrounded himself, and he was very specific at key moments in his life. You guys are in junior high, high school. You're going to be facing a lot of tough decisions. You're going to be coming up against a lot of important things, and you need to have the right people around you. I like what the uh, great philosopher and poet of our time, you know, Lecrae said. He said, uh, life is like a paradise, so watch the ones you're rolling with. He said, life is like a paradise, so watch the ones you're rolling with. I even like better what the prominent preacher John Gray said, and it's going to go hand in hand with the next scripture that I'm about to read you. He said, the right crew equals breakthrough. And you can write that down if you're taking notes. The right crew equals breakthrough. I want to go now to Mark 2, verses 1 through 5. And this is going to be out of the NLT. It said, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men, everybody hold up four. Look at your neighbor and say four. Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head, and they lowered him down on his mat right in front of Jesus. Catch this. This is Jesus. This is specifically referring to him. It says, seeing their faith, Jesus, paralyzed. Je Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. And it goes on later in that scripture that Jesus tells him, arise and walk. Take up your mat you know, go. And he was here healed from his paralysis. But he wasn't just healed from his paralysis. He was healed from his condition that he'd, that he'd been in his whole life. He was stuck. Some of you may be stuck tonight in a situation. And I said the right crew can equal breakthrough for you. I want you to catch the fact that this paralyzed man did nothing, nothing to get out of his current condition. Nowhere in the scripture did it say he asked his boys, hey man, you think you can uh, do something for you? You think you can help a brother out? You know, nowhere does it say in the scripture that when he was lowered down, just think about this, just, just, I'm a visual person. Think about if somebody, if you were sitting in your house teaching a devotion or something or having a small group and someone broke through the roof, man, and was just like lowered down, 
I know you guys have seen the video with Dan and his boy, you know, you would probably be like, oh, no, baby, what is you doing? <laughs> like, if somebody came through your roof, you would be like, what is going on here, man? This is messed up. And like, as he's coming down, the scripture doesn't say like he cried out to Jesus and was like, hey, Jesus, I'm here. I broke through. I got some people to bring me here. Can you heal me? Can you touch me? Like, that didn't happen. Jesus saw their faith. He didn't see the paralyzed man in his condition. He saw the four men that carried him there. What I want to ask you tonight is, do you have people in your life that can carry you when you get stuck? Do you have people in your life that can carry you when you get stuck? Do you have people in your life that will carry you when you get stuck? I asked, I asked some guys earlier to help me, and you guys can go ahead and do that. I, I, just, want, I just want you to get the picture of this. I said there was four men, and they carried this paralyzed man to the city. You can go ahead and pick him up. Just, just walk around. I'm just going to just, just, just walk. Walk wherever you want to go. They carried him from where they were to Jesus. What? What I want you to get tonight is, do you love somebody enough to do this? And do people love you enough to do that for you? Do they love you enough that they'll pick you up and carry you to Jesus? All right, y'all are good. Y'all are good. You can sit back down. <laughs> I ain't going to make you carry him the whole service. Don't drop him. Then he might be paralyzed. <laughs> do you have people in your life that will carry you when you get stuck. That will lift you up when you can't even lift your head up. That'll be there for you when you feel like nobody is there. You know, your friends, and I want you to write this down. This is another key statement. Your friends can either drive you or they can drown you. Your friends can drive you to be better they can drive you to do more, to achieve more, to have more, to be more blessed, to experience Jesus in a greater way, to experience life in a greater way. The Bible says we're to live life and to live it abundantly and full. Your friends can either drive you or they can drown you. They can sink you in the currents when stuff gets rough and stuff gets heavy. They can leave you when you need them the most. And I know that some of you guys, you might be shutting me down like right now. And I don't want you to shut me down. I want to, I want to share some insight into my story, into what I came through, into what people carried me through. I know some of you right now, like your mind, maybe, you know, I'm speaking in this, this tone and you hear me, but all you hear is like this old dude going, now, Sonny, you got to hang out with the right people or you're going to get in a bad situation and you're going to get in trouble. Like, I know that that can be your reaction right now. But I'm asking you, please, just, just give me a moment. Give me a chance. Give me this evening to speak into your life and try to bless you. You know, a funny little situation happened the other day that I just want to give clarity to this is um, we were playing basketball a couple week weekends ago, and um, a guy came that was from out of town. And um, he normally is not here. He lives in uh, another state. And uh, he and his brother and I are really good friends. And so I told his brother, hey, we're going to be playing some ball. 
and you should come up here and play with us. I hadn't seen him in a long, long time. And uh, so this guy that is, you know, my best friend, his brother got word of it, you know, through him, and he just showed up. I didn't really invite him. He just, he just came. And uh, if any of you were here that night, he was really causing some problems, and he had a really bad attitude. And uh, your student pastor being the way he is, he was just like, you know what, we're not going to do this. You know, Pastor Scobie was like, hey, we're shutting this down, and we're redoing teams, and yada, yada, yada. Well, this guy that I'm speaking about, his team had just won, and he was really upset that we were breaking up the team. And uh, he, came up to, he came up to Pastor Michael, and he said, you know, would you do this if, uh, if we had won the game, or if you'd have done this, or even if we had lost the game, because they just won. He was like, you're just doing this because you guys won. And, you know, this wouldn't happen on the streets, man. This, this is not how they play out at the park, man, blah, blah, blah. And he was trying to just act, like, really hard, and he was just being really obnoxious. And he could tell he wasn't going to get anywhere with Pastor Michael. And he was like, look, dude, this is the way we're going to do it. If you want to keep playing ball, that's how it is. So he saw that he wasn't getting anywhere with, with uh, Michael, and he came my way. And uh, Jesse was sitting near me, and he said something to me afterwards. And, but he came up to me, and he was like, he was like, Sean, this wouldn't happen on the streets. And I just looked down and said, bro, don't talk to me about the streets. Don't talk to me about the streets. Because you see me now, I have a beautiful wife, beautiful sons. I have a good job. I have a great family. But that wasn't always the case. I ran on the streets. I've been shot at. I've been jumped. I've been around people that dealt hard drugs. I've faced prison time. I've been in so many courtrooms, I can't even tell you. There's been people in my family that they almost went to jail because of my actions. Because I was in the wrong place and I didn't have anybody to carry me. And so who you are with will determine, will influence what happens to your life. Let me tell you a quick story before I go on any further. Anybody in seventh grade in here? Raise your hand. Seventh grade. You're in seventh grade this year. Anybody going into seventh grade? Jesse acts like he's in seventh grade. He raised his hands. <laughs> seventh grade, I was facing six months in a juvenile detention center for beating up a kid so badly he had fractures in his face, his jaw, and they took him to the hospital for internal bleeding. I was a really angry dude. <laughs> like, like, I was sharing some of this story with my wife the other night, and she was like, you know, I thought I was messed up, and like, you were better than me, but you were really messed up. <laughs> like, you had problems. And I say that because I want you to get the message that it's okay to have problems if you have people in your life that will accept you for who you are. This man was paralyzed, and they didn't set him aside and be like, oh, we're not, we're not dealing with you, man. You messed up. <laughs> got some issues. <laughs> like, we, we ain't got time for you. They didn't say that. And I want to say that be around people that accept you for who you are, not who you pretend to be. Because all of us sometimes pretend to be somebody that we aren't. Amen? Can I just get a head nod? Or Yeah, yeah, I'm, I've been there. You know, because God knows you and accepts you for who you are anyway. Let me prove it to you. Jesus accepted the demonic, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the thieves, the handicapped, the losers, the outcasts, the second guest, the, the second pick, the last pick. Jesus accepted all of them. So why won't he accept you for who you are right now?
I love what Chris Tomlin says in one of his songs, Indescribable. It says, you know the depths of my heart and you love me anyway. Jesus knows what you did the other night, Cameron, last week, last month, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent. Chloe, he knows your faults, your issues, your hang-ups, and he still loves you. And that goes for all of you. He knows the depths of your heart, and he loves you anyway. He loves you anyway. So number one tonight, I got about four points, is be around people that will accept you for you, not who you pretend to be. Number two, surround yourself with friends that will carry you further than you can take yourself. Anybody seen there's a video circulating around on the internet? Man, I wish I would have seen it uh, sooner and my wife mentioned it. She was like, oh my God, you should share that. Um, of the, the lady that was in the marathon in Philadelphia. And literally towards the end of it, she's like collapsing. She cannot finish. Her legs are giving out on her. And she is just spent. She's exhausted. She doesn't have anything else in her. And these two guys, I don't even think they knew her. They were just around. They just showed up and they're, they're trying to help her and they, you know, get on either side of her and they're trying to, they're trying to like, you know, just drag her to the finish line. And she's like doing this number right here. Like she, she's for real about to go like paralyzed, <laughs> like paralysis just hit her. <laughs> like just Jesus just struck her. Like she's just messed up. And it gets to the point where one of the guys just picks her up and carries her carries her to the finish line. Be with people that can carry you further than they carry yourself. That, that lady would not have finished that race. And some of you won't finish your race in the life that God has set for you if you're around the wrong people. I'm sorry, I hate to break it to you. You won't get into college. You won't meet that woman or that man that you're supposed to be with. You won't get that job that you're supposed to get if you don't surround yourself with the right relationships and the people that need to show up in your time of most difficult need. When you have the right people around you, they won't beat you up for being stuck in a situation, but they'll help you out of that situation, get you unstuck. You know, going back to this story about these four men in Mark, you know, I'm sure they're sitting around and they heard about this Jesus guy. And they said, man, you know, we got this buddy of ours, he's paralyzed, he's just laying there like, you know, like, he can't do nothing. Nothing. He can't do anything. He is of no value to us, to our relationship, to our friendship, to our situation. And I'm sure one of them was like, yeah, but we can't, we can't leave him like that. You know, when you see people that are in your student group, your, your school, your, your knit, your circle, and they're struggling, don't leave them like that. Don't leave them where they're at in their moment of struggle. And so they're sitting around and say, well, you know, there's this Jesus guy, and he's like been walking on water and healing people and spitting in the dirt and giving people new eyes again and stuff. Like, there's some crazy stuff. Like, surely we can go talk to this guy. And so they get they get him, and they're like, all right, bro, we're going, because you ain't always going to stay like this. You're going to stay in this situation. And they take him back to Capernaum, and they get him, 
and it's so crowded there that they have to go up on the roof and like I can just imagine when they're carrying him up on the roof he's probably thinking man what is going on right now what are these dudes doing where am I going but they carried him further than he could take himself. They carried him to a place where he couldn't get himself. They carried him to a place where he didn't have the means, the ability, the resources, the, the power, the will to, to get. Be with people that are going to take you to Christ, not away from Christ. Some of y'all are in some relationships right now with your friends or a boy or a girl or whatever, and they're not taking you to Christ. They're taking you away from Christ. They're not doing whatever is within their means to bring you to Jesus. They're doing everything they can to take you further away. Number three is make friends with people that you, that value you more than they value your friendship. I want to kind of give you a little story behind this and I'm sure all of you have experienced this. If you haven't, I bet you will experience it. Anybody ever have someone that they were really close friends with and they start dating somebody? So let's just say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share my situation. Um, a buddy of mine, he started dating this girl and she was the worst. Like the worst. And they just fall in love with them and they love them so much. Oh my God, they're the best. Oh, I love them. We're going to get married. We're going to have two kids and, you know, all this stuff. And like, they just forget about you. Like, you're nowhere to be found all of a sudden in the equation because they love them. You know, that, that's their boo. That's their thing, you know. They in love. And then a course of time goes on, and guess what? They break up. They break up. And y'all kind of reconnect, and, and, and uh, you're talking, and they say, man, just give me an amen or hallelujah or something if you've heard this phrase. They say this little phrase right here. They go, man, I don't know what I was thinking when I was with her. <laughs> Have you heard that? You've heard that, haven't you? And, and, then, and then you say this. Hey, you can't amen me because I know you said this because I said it too. You go, bruh, they were awful. I couldn't stand her, man. She was, Argh. like, and then they say this. They say this right here. They go, why didn't you tell me that? Why didn't you tell me that? Guess what? The reason you didn't tell them and the reason I didn't tell them is because I was more concerned about being their friend than telling them something that was true. I was afraid that what I was going to say was going to hurt them and therefore I was going to lose that friendship. You need to be with people that value you more than they value you as a friend. That can say something to you and be like, hey, Man, I love you, but uh, this ain't working. Just look at your neighbor and go, I love you, but you're stupid. <laughs> stupid. Like, sometimes, sometimes you need to say that to your friends. Don't say that exactly, okay? And don't, don't say that I said to say that. I'll, I'll say you're a liar. <laughs> don't, don't tweet me. Uh, but sometimes... You just got to say to your friend, like, you got to say, oh, no, baby, what is you doing? Like, I'm sorry, I'm using that again, but it's, it's applicable. So you have to say that to them, like, what are you doing? What are you thinking? And I'm not just talking about relationships, because we've all been there. You see a buddy do something, you go, oh, man, what's, <laughs> like, 
be a big enough person that you can call them out with love. The Bible says to speak truth in love. Speak the truth to your friends. Don't let them just do stupid stuff because you're afraid of what they're going to think of you when you say something to them. Speak the truth in love. Finally, I want to I give you one last point, and that is, number four, don't depend on friends, but trust God. Don't depend on friends, but trust God. Proverbs is such a great book. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible because it's just so straight to the point. Amber alert, weather, weather something. Your, your house is about to get blown away. Hide your kids, hide your wife. So, <laughs> um, Proverbs is such a practical book in the Bible. It's so applicable. There's so many things in there that are just good. If you're facing a tough situation in life and you don't know what to do, go read Proverbs. Go do that. But Proverbs 3 and 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. I want to go back to uh, Matthew 26, and I want to go further down in there. If they can put that in the screen, uh, Matthew 26, verse 36. And um, let's go further. Do we have more than that? Let's go to the next one. Yes, no, thumbs up, thumbs down. All right. So what's going on in this verse is Jesus is about to be crucified. He is about to be handed over to the Roman soldiers. He knows it. He's already prophesied it. He's told them, and they just didn't get it. And he goes away to pray, and he asks Peter, James, and John to pray with him. And three times he comes back. And if you don't know the story, three times he finds Peter, James, and John sleeping. You know, everything that I've said up into this point is great, and I want you to take it, and I want you to apply it in your life. But I want to let you know something is sometimes in your life, there is going to be nobody there. Nobody's going to answer that phone. You're going to shoot a text out, and you're going to get stuck on red. Anybody ever been stuck on red? Yeah. You're going to go looking for somebody, and guess what? They're going to be invisible. They are not going to be there. I want you to have healthy relationships. I want each and every one of you underneath the sound of my voice to have healthy relationships. But listen to me when I tell you, there will come a day when your friends will not be there. Your family won't be there. Nobody will be there. If you haven't faced that already, you will face it at some point in your life. And Jesus gives us the blueprint on what to do. It said he fell on his face and he prayed to the Father. He's having communication with God. And he's saying, man, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can take this. I don't know if I can go through this. But if you're not going to let it pass, God, your will be done. Some of y'all 
You're looking for things and people that are found in God. You're looking for something in a relationship that's found in God. You're looking for something in a friendship that's found in God. You're looking for something in whatever you want to categorize it as, whatever label you want to put it on. You're looking to fill a void in your heart. You're looking to fill something that's hurting you. You're looking to take place of that thing that's in your mind and constantly bothers you and badgers you and beats against you. It's not found in somebody else. It's not found in something else. It's found in God. It's found in God. You know, sometimes God actually causes these situations to come up in our life. I know that sounds kind of crappy. That doesn't sound too great. You don't want to hear that. But I believe sometimes God causes your friends to not be there for you. Because maybe you're depending on them too much. You're not depending on him. And Proverbs says, trust in him. It says, trust in him. I'm running out of time. I want the musicians to go ahead and come up. I got a, I got a couple things that I want to share with you before I get done. And I want to give you an opportunity to talk to God if you want it. You know, I told you about some of the issues that I faced in my life and some of the things that I went through, you know, from the age of uh, the time that I was in sixth grade to the time that I was in ninth grade. Um, I went to a school where I had to walk through metal detectors. I went to a school where they handed out paraphernalia on how to recognize gang activity and colors and individuals that were involved in gangs. Um, one of my years there, a student choked the principal out as I was walking into the school. Another student threw a desk at a teacher in class. There was so much gang activity in the town that I lived in, if you didn't join a gang, you were going to be in trouble because you had to have protection for someone else. And the city that I lived in, Beaumont, this area has the area code called 409. I lived in Lawton. The area code there is 580. They call it the Shady 580 because it is one of the worst towns in Oklahoma. It has been on A&E's gangland because of the things that go on in that place and just the violence and the crime and the drugs and the stuff. And I was right in it. And I love to play ball. A lot of y'all know that. Some of y'all think I'm a different color than what I actually look because of the way I play on the basketball court. And uh, so I would go to this, this gym from time to time, and it was in the worst part of town of the Shady 580. And there was a guy there with me. His name was Chris. Chris was like Garrett. He was a little, he was a little tiny. Where's Garrett at? But... There was an older man there. I'm not hating on you, bro. I love you, Garrett. Um, he, uh, he was a little small. And this guy was picking on Chris. And he was not a nice guy. He was wearing the worst gym in town, in the baddest part of town, in a town that had heavy, heavy gang activity. And I was involved in it. I ran around with Crips. I ran around with people that shot people. 
I, I used to walk past a dude that murdered a guy because a drug deal went by bad and he shot him in the back six times. Like that's the type of stuff that I was involved in and around and God saved me from that. And I want to let you know you've got to surround yourself with the right people and God can save you whenever you're dealing with. But I was in that gym and this guy's picking on Chris and I said something to him, you know, along the lines, I'm going to, you know, PC it for you. I'm going to churchify it for you. I said, hey, why don't you pick on somebody your own size? That's not what I actually said that day. But I said, why don't you pick on somebody your own size? Well, he took the challenge and he threw a basketball right in my face. I was probably 16, 17 years old. And I, didn't, I wasn't afraid of anybody, anyone. I didn't care. I'd fight on the drop of a hat. I know I look like a scrawny dude, but man, when I get mad enough, all bets are off. And I'm fighting a grown man in a gym with his kids on the sideline crying, screaming out to his daddy. If you know anything about drugs, I hope you don't, but some people that smoke a lot of dope will keep one of their fingernails long on purpose because they'll cut the paper that they roll the joint up in. And we're tussling and his fingernail caught me on the neck and sliced me open. I started bleeding from my neck and I still kept fighting. And I finally got the best of this guy. I mean, he was whooping me. This guy was probably as old as I am now. He's probably in his thirties and I'm a teenager fighting a grown man because I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time doing the wrong thing. And I've never heard the voice of God so clear before or after. I got that man in a position to where he was kind of like this laying on the ground and I'm on top of him. And I could have just pummeled him to where when I hit him, it would not only have been my fist hitting him, his head would have then hit the ground and then came back up. A wooden floor, not like this one, much harder. And I heard God speak to me and say, Sean, get up and leave and I got up and I tried to walk out of that gym and this guy who was much bigger than I was follows me and just socks me in the face again and I didn't even feel it I didn't even react to it and the people that were in the gym that day were astonished they were ooing and awing because I just got waylaid by this guy and I didn't even flinch and I just looked at him and said I'm not gonna do this anymore I'm walking away from this life. And I often wonder what would have happened if I didn't listen to the voice of God that day? What if I wouldn't have got up? Because I told you when I was in seventh grade, I beat a kid up so bad they took him to the hospital to see if he had internal bleeding on his brain. I'm much older at this time, I'm much more mature. I often wonder what if I have taken a father away from his sons even if he was a bad dude even if I was in the right because he aggressed me first he attacked me and I'm defending myself what would have happened if I didn't listen to the voice of God I want to ask you young person tonight what's going to happen in your life if you don't listen to what God's saying to you what is God telling you to get up from and leave to walk away from something you're doing and say I'm not doing this anymore 
I'm not living this life. You can stand. What is God asking you to walk away from? To get up and leave? To say, I'm going to let the current of Christ direct where I go and what happens to me. You know, I shared that story with my wife last night and I don't think I'd ever told her the full specifics of it. And I cried. You know, I used to be a really tough guy, but when I get around God, man, I cry easily. If you guys ever see me up at the front praying with people, I'll cry. Because I'm sensitive to what God wants to do in people's lives. Because I messed up people's lives so much and I was around people that messed up my life so much and I want to change that process. I want to take away the things that I did wrong and try to inspire people to go to Christ. I want to take people to Christ. I don't want to take people away from Christ. You know, my mom, I love my mom. She, she calls me a lot and she tells me these corny stories half the time and the other half the time they're really good. And so it's a win-win either way because I laugh or I use it. And uh, she told me one the other day and I want to use it. And after I'm done, if if you're struggling with something, you know, if you're in a relationship and somebody just left you, and man, it hurt. A friend, I'm not talking about a dating relationship, a friend, they just did you wrong. They stabbed you in the back. They talked about you. You confided in them and they just went around and told everybody. I want to let you know God's here for you. He knows. He understands. If you were in a dating relationship and it got a little bit too physical, it went a little bit too far, and you thought what you did was going to fill that void in your heart, that situation, and now you feel even more broken, even more messed up. I can understand that, guys. I'm there. I was a teenager once, too. I know sometimes stuff goes too far. And you thought, man, if I do this, it's going to bring me closer. It's going to bring me something that I'm longing for, that I'm yearning for, that I need. You're not going to find it that way, young person. You're going to find it in God find it at an altar if your family knife is not the greatest and your parents don't honor you know show you a healthy relationship they're always fighting and it's it's troublesome at home I want you to know that's not the way it has to be and you can develop a relationship with Christ that'll be better than any other relationship you have amen so my mom called me and she told me a story she said uh this dad and his little boy were walking down the, the street, I don't know, one day after school, or maybe they went out to the park or something, and he said, Daddy, how big is God? His dad didn't respond right at first, and he looked up in the sky, and he said, he saw a plane flying overhead, you know, they were in a big city, and he saw a plane flying overhead, and he said, hey, buddy, he said, how big does that plane look to you? He said, Dad, that plane ain't too big. It's, it's way up in there. It looks real small. He said, okay. And the son didn't ask any further, and the father didn't say anything else. So when the dad got a day off and the kid was not in school, he decided, you know, I'm going to drive him to the airport. So he drove him down to the airport, and they went right into where they could see the planes close up. And his son, not thinking about what his dad had said to him the other day, he wasn't ready for it. The son just, man, you know, looking at the planes and 
he's just really astonished and he said hey buddy how big does that plane look now he said well dad it's huge it's gigantic and the speaker that was sharing the story said sometimes how close you are to God depends on how close he is to you some of you you've been far from God you've been distant you've been in situations that are taking you away from him and I want to let you know tonight you can get close to him how big God is in your life determines how close you are to him if that's you and, and you want to get close to God tonight and anything that I've said has struck a nerve with you I want to invite you to the front as they begin to sing and if you just want to talk to God and say God I want to get close to you I got some stuff in my life I got some people that did me wrong I got into a relationship and it went a little bit too far I don't have the greatest situation at home if that's you I want you to come forward nobody's judging you nobody's looking at you as they begin to sing I want you to come forward and if you want to get close to God now's your chance <laughs>